0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Michter's Distillery. Visit michters.com to find out how their taste is everything, cost be damned attitude is creating some of the finest whiskeys available. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: Good morning, you're listening to In The Drink on heritageradionetwork.org. I'm your host, Joe Campanelli, and I am here today with Mr. Hugh Davies. He is the proprietor of the great Schramsberg Vineyards um, in Napa Valley, California, making uh, what I think are the uh, pretty much the greatest American sparkling wines. Uh, I, I remember just a, uh, a few years back, I was uh, tasked with writing an article for the Beverage Media on California sparkling wines. Um and I had organized. I'm sure he, he's heard me tell this story a few times, but I organized a big blind tasting for uh, all of the California sparkling wines I could get, um, and there were there were quite a few tasty ones. Uh, and I organized them by style, whether it was rosé, blanc de blanc, blanc de noir, and white Schramsberg. Uh, pretty much one in every category blind with all of our, our uh, industry friends. So that was that uh, was a fun time and just re confirmed how much I love these wines and how excited I am to
3: uh, have you on the show. Welcome, welcome, Hugh. Hey, thanks, Joe. Uh, that's, a, that's a good story. I like it. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited that uh, the folks like the wines. Uh, that's our, we aim to please. Nice. So
2: uh, Schramsberg is an, uh,
3: an historic
2: property uh, in the Napa Valley, has been around uh, since the mid-19th century, uh, kind of. A, uh, a an interrupted past, if you will. Um, uh, but it's really uh, your parents who brought Schramsberg to the great recognition that it is, uh, it is today. Um, they purchased the vineyard in 1965 um, and completely restored the property. So they did such a good job, in fact, that it's been something that's been served to multiple presidents. Uh, can you tell us, how did Schramsberg first get started being served to presidents and has barack obama ever had uh, any schaumsberg
3: we've had a few uh, instances i think four now during the obama administration that we're aware of um that that have happened at the initial time of uh, when the, uh, one of our wines was served at an official white house function was actually in beijing china and it was in 1972 uh, my parents had started, revived the old Tramberg Winery in the 60s, in 1965, and at that time, they would be the first to make Chardonnay Pinot Noir-based sparkling wines in this traditional, you know, bottle fermentation method, and... Uh, about seven years later, you know, I guess sometimes being the first is helpful. But Nixon had gone to China. There was a uh, a big toast of peace. We were still in in the midst of the Vietnamese conflict, and the Chinese were on one side, and we were on the other. But they uh, they raised a glass to, to, to peace. And as it turned out, as Barbara Walters would explain uh, the next day on the, on the Today Show, that a little-known sparkling wine, the Schramms were blank to blank had been served and she showed a bottle on national television. That was good. That's
2: pretty great. Uh, The the beginning of uh, mending of our relations
3: with China. And, 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 uh, you know, I mean, I think for me, it is, it's, it's still exciting to reflect upon to to consider because You know, that just just doesn't always happen, right? It's it's hard to somehow, it's almost a magical thing that you would be in the right place at the right time. But you've got to figure for my parents who who'd come up with the idea and then invested in this old property and, and worked so hard to kind of get it up and running that that was a that was a pretty good that was a pretty good thing to have yeah. happen
2: <laughs> now that blank to blank or or uh, blanc to blanc, blanc, as, blanc as we yeah, might yeah, say yeah. now something that we poured by the glass for uh, quite some time at uh at lapicho uh we still have it on on our bottle list with, along with a couple of your other wines um something that i really like it's really in kind of a, a lean crisp uh dry style that i think uh really is is very very food friendly pairs with with a lot of our dishes um and has that always been the side? Have you guys changed through the years. I know with the Blanc de Noir, at least it used to be Blanc de Gamay. Is that no? Correct?
3: That was a third wine that, oh, okay. that we made. Yeah, the the cuvée de Gamay, um, which which has morphed really to what we do today, called the Burrose. And so the rosé style is a lot more popular today than it was 10 years ago, not just for us, but for for other producers uh, throughout the, the, the globe. Certainly those who are marketing in the United States, the category is is uh, is popped uh, a little bit. But uh, the Blanc de Blanc, which, uh, which you had done uh, uh, by the glass, and we appreciate that, uh, is, is, a little, is lighter in body than the other styles we do. It's 100% Chardonnay, and, and so it's probably a little—Chardonnay and Pinot are the two principal varieties we use. The, the Pinot is a little more fleshy and, and, and juicy and round, whereas the, the Chardonnay is crisp and more citrusy and, 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 and tart and, and long on the finish, too. That's a nice palate-cleansing style.
2: Yeah, very very refreshing. Um, you know, we have at, at La Pietra. I think like we have a lot of uh, newer California producers who are making uh, much more food friendly wines, uh, and and a couple classics. And uh, I think that that you you guys have been making very food friendly style wines, lower alcohol, crisp acidity, drier sparkling wines for a while, and and I love them, uh, and, and I'm proud to serve them.
3: Awesome. Uh, no, that's uh, it. It does somewhat go with the territory. We're making a style that uh, is certainly similar to uh, champagne from France, where you you, you use the Chardonnay, and Pinot grapes, and and you you pick the the fruit at low sugars and end up with a low alcohol wine with with a lot of acidity. As we've evolved, we we've, we've actually moved uh, with vineyards closer to the coast to, mm-hmm. to cooler pockets where the acidity is higher in, in, in the in the juice as as we pick the the fruit, and uh, I think we fine-tune the style you know always 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 trying to get a little bit better with what we're doing
2: now talk about uh, a little bit about your uh Evolving uh, Now you work with 90 different parcels. It could, it could be off. It, but,
3: it's probably a little more like 110. 110 uh, parcels. Yeah. How
2: do you maintain quality and uh, create a wine that maybe that represents terroir? Or are you looking for a wine that represents terroir with working with so many different parcels?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, you think of the traditional uh, French champagne model is, is uh, there's the assemblage. You know, you, that's the term that, that is used. Used. And so, from from multiple sources, obviously, our, the, in our case, they're all in, in Northern California. They're they're in what's known as the North Coast. We have, uh, I guess, I could say, handpicked, but o- o- over the course of years, uh, sifted through a number of different sites, and 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 now have uh, assembled. Uh, a set that's it's as good as I think we've ever had. But we we wouldn't just stick with that set. We would continue to try uh, a couple of new things every year that, that might give us that many more pieces to work with as we build a blend. Um, the sites can be lower in elevation uh, when closer to the bay or in some of the coastal valleys. But as you get a little closer to the ocean itself, you, you might be up a little bit higher. So there's just enough sun. You get too close to the sea level, uh, uh, next to the water, it, it does get a little bit challenging to get get the fruit to ripen, even for uh, uh, a fairly local sparkling wine.
2: Mm-hmm. And now, there's a movement in Champagne towards vinifying single vineyard or very site-specific mm-hmm. wines. Uh, I would love to try a Schramsberg uh, single done, vineyard. We, have you done it before? Yep. No, yeah. we
3: have a couple of uh, of vineyard designate wines that we have done, and, and we're starting to hear people more, I'd say, in the... Uh, you know the wine media, uh, potentially some of the the, the sommelier crowd. Uh, there's there is that interest in you know in tasting, you know, what that site tastes like. You know, just that just that block right there. I want to taste that one acre, um, and that's it. And so, uh, typically each year on a smaller scale, we're doing some vineyard designate. Uh, bottlings Mm. and then they they come out uh, when they're typically five years old Uh, they're not in broader distribution Um, we've done them for our our wine club and we we have a pretty good following with the club and so that's one way to reward those guys yeah, I, I
2: guess if there is a trend or something that's hot, or some, something picks up interest, uh, it takes you quite a few years to to adjust to that, considering the the vinification process and, and aging process. It
3: is a process. Um, so we've done, we've released a, a, a Tognetti, uh, which is a site in uh, on Bayview Avenue in mm-hmm. Napa County. it's a it's a really good site, dark, loamy soils. Uh, neighboring that. Are uh, the Hyde Vineyards, and we've done a Hyde. Uh, also in that 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 neighborhood is a Jones, which we've done. All of them focus those ones uh, primarily on on Chardonnay, as we've uh, as we've done things uh, more out towards the coast. Some of our best Pinotnos feeling like they they may come from places in, in Marin County mm-hmm. or up the Sonoma Coast uh, into the into Mendocino's Anderson Valley. We we actually bottled a couple of years ago a Redding. Which is a Redding Ranch, which is a, a site in Marin, up on the hills. You're probably up a uh, thousand feet above mm-hmm. sea level there. Multiple clones of Pinot Noir, but it is it is a is a, a Pinot Noir. It's probably a Blanc Noir, but just from that that site near Nicasio. Yeah, going County. back
2: to the the idea of blending, do you already know uh, when you're when you're planting or ahead ahead of time? Where the specific plots will go into which wines, or uh, is that more of a game time decision as the fruit comes in and it's tasted, and then you further blend it off? I'm sure that the in, in terms of skin contact, the the red wines you have to make those decisions earlier on. I'd imagine.
3: Yeah, the way we roll is that we uh, is that we'll make from you know over a hundred different relatively small blocks. We're not a big, big producer. We have national distribution, but we're we're still you know relatively small in that regard. We have um, we have the ability to make maybe two hundred and I think last year we made two hundred seventy five individual base wines. What's well, a base wine? It's it's the the, 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 the vin tranquille it's the it's the, the 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 white wine either made from the Chardonnay or Pinot Noir, uh, that is probably going to be sitting about 11.5% alcohol it, it's crisp, it's tart, it's young. We do tank fermentations with, with most of the volume mm. but we do a, a really deep set of barrel fermented wines as well some will go through malactic fermentation some won't and so we have a really broad range of, of components to work with. We think that's very exciting and, and from the, the broad range of sites, It's only once we get to blending, so if harvest is uh, you know, August, September September, October, it's January, February, March, where we start to put pieces together from the, the set of base wines, initially identifying the very best ones that we think we might have to work with, narrowing that list down to, say, 25 or 30, and from those we put together are tetcuvets, so we, we do make a few uh, tetcuvets that are the, the, the limited special select uh, offerings, and we'll age those guys for up to eight years after we put those ones yeah. together. Uh, switching things up a little bit, can you tell us about a super
2: fun, interesting, delicious, domestic sparkling wine that you've had uh,
3: that you did not make? Oh, that we did not make? That's a good <laughs> question. Um, well, there there are there are a number of, of really fine producers, and and there are there are there are some new uh, you know smaller lots that we're starting to see. I I think I probably think of you know some of the the folks that have been around a little bit longer uh, for for you know maybe the best quality that I'm that I'm uh, I'm aware of mm-hmm. um, and and. Believe me, I don't I don't know everything right there. there there's there's probably something that is so outstanding that I've not yet tasted. But we think pretty highly, certainly of the folks at Rotor Estate. I think they've done a, a fine job. The Lermitage, you know, they're they're top of the line is that's pretty darn good. Yeah, uh, and and Delicious. I think it it is uh, it's a it's a style that really rivals the very best in champagne in my mind. Mm-hmm. i I I don't say that just because I'm from California, uh, at a fraction of the price. You know, it uh, people should just be drinking it right and left in my mind. That's a good one. Uh, the folks at uh, Domaine Carneros I think are doing a good job. Uh, you know, the guys at 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 Mom. There there are a number of producers in California. I think as a set we're a lot better than the world really realizes have you ever tried to make a petit natural wine uh no no
2: No. do you have any desire do you have any interest in this
3: category um i think i need to need to explore it a little bit further before you know yeah i think if you put something in the bottle you want to make sure that it that it works and that 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 you know all the bottles that you make that are 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 this item are going to be the same and are going to age similarly so you wouldn't want them to uh uh be uh potentially short-lived or 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 to be um inconsistent and so i think you you want to fine-tune your technique before you start moving commercially with it with your name on it all right all right, so we're going to
2: take just a quick break. Uh, we'll be back with more of Hugh Davies from Schramsberg Vineyards
3: in a bit. Awesome. Great.
2: You are listening to Let Me In by Snow Mine here on the Heritage Radio Network.org.
1: Michter's Whiskey is a proud sponsor of HeritageRadioNetwork.org. If you drink the whiskey that warmed General Washington's troops at Valley Forge, does that make you a patriot? Not necessarily, but it indicates you appreciate that Michter's sets the standard for highest quality, limited production whiskeys. America's first whiskey distilling company, Michter's rich history dates back to 1753, when a farmer in Schaeferstown, Pennsylvania, distilled his first batch of whiskey from Hardy Rye. At one point, a master distiller left his family's well-known distillery to join Michter's, so he could be at a smaller, less cost-conscious company, where he could make the finest whiskey, cost be damned. Ask your bartender or retailer for Michter's whiskey today. Chatham Imports is the national sales agent for Michter's Distillery. For more information, please visit www.michters.com. That's www.michters.com,
2: And we're back with Hugh Davies, uh, the proprietor of Stromsburg Vineyards here on In the Drink. And uh, before we left, we, uh, we did talk a little bit about uh, my... Uh, desire for maybe one day for you to try making a Petit natural wine. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, do, I, I just wanted to give you guys a, a heads up there. There is a California pet net out there that I'm a, a big fan of called 25 reasons by Selenia. Um, pretty well priced as well. It's Sauvignon Blanc. It doesn't taste very Sauvignon Blanc-y, Um which is which is I think a nice thing. Uh uh-huh. um, And it's it's a little bit earthy, yeasty, great acidity. Uh, it's kind of a, it's more of a fun wine. Uh, but I would say look for that uh, and that that's you know a recent uh, sparkling wine that I've tasted that, that I really enjoy. So look for that one.
3: And it doesn't have to take that long to to make it necessarily
2: doesn't have to take uh years to make <laughs> it. Yeah. So that that's a nice thing.
3: Yeah. What yep.
2: what is your cellar like? How many bottles
3: do you have in the various processes? Oh, well, it, it, you know, we do make a, a number of offerings that are that are relatively old as, as they come to market. You know, you think of the J-Shram, you think of the, the, the Reserve, the J-Shram, yep. those guys are are currently 2005, 2006 vintage, so they're eight, eight nine years old. So you might have eight, we have eight
2: vintages of those wines abs- in your cellar. Ab-
3: absolutely, yeah. And then, the, you know, we were making, you know, collectively in that set, it's yeah, four or 5,000 cases a year, uh, so that's… Times twelve you know fifty uh you know sixty thousand bottles times eight there's a there's you know five hundred thousand of those guys that's uh, a
2: lot of square footage
3: it's a <laughs> they're about uh thirty five thousand square feet of of floor space there is that much in our in the caves at schramsburg and they're pretty much full of bottles I think today we're Close with everything that we've got in there from, you know, the Blanc to Blanc, Blanc, Marlboro, mm. Rosé, et cetera. There are about three million bottles. So who – that's that's a ton
2: of but bottles. It's, but
3: it's about four years' worth of inventory.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I recently went to uh, in the Medio Pepe winery um, in Abruzzo. You think of them as the the tiniest, most artisanal, handmade, organic – family winery and they have a half a million bottles in, in their cellar because uh, they're they're aging quite a bit of
3: it so as as well and you know in in on larger scale you know you think of the the big french houses you know moet chandon uh Veuve Clicquot, you know they're 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 large and, and known and popular uh you think of champagne in general mm-hmm. uh, but if you if you look at at uh, the overall amount of champagne made every year in that district of France is 25 million cases. You know that that's a that's a that's a lot of bottles. So that's uh, getting up there towards uh, 300 million bottles. The um, the larger producers would do maybe you know I think Moet's probably pushing three million cases, two and a half million cases, something like that. So
2: Moet's doing 10 percent of the entire production of champagne. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I think all of uh, all of the LVMH group put together. I mean, the, the, I'm, the, I'm not the expert. I'm, I don't know, but as I understand it, yeah, it's probably thirty, thirty, thirty-five percent. All champagne is is Louis Vuitton, Moët That is absolutely Brands. nuts. That's And they do. I mean, they make some pretty good stuff. They right? make some pretty good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but so I, I'm. You don't have to be, you know, the, the, the tiny small guy to, to be able to make it, it, it good. I think that. Um, it's, uh, but it's exciting to meet the the tiny small guy who, who's who's carved out a niche, who's who's created something out of out of one one plot and and uh, and presents it, and and it's beautiful.
2: And so let's let's change pace a little bit. Who who's drinking? the majority of your wine what's the market for california sparkling wine
3: the market for california sparkling wine is definitely uh, primarily the united states i'd say the, the market for california wine in general is primarily the united states uh, if you look at the california wine segment it's about 85 percent uh distributed in the united states and maybe 15 percent thereabouts exported uh with our brand we're probably more like 95 and five and i'd say that's that's probably the 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 case for the california sparkling category in general it's a, not a large category if you think of well there are different tiers but if you think of the chardonnay and pinot or based bottle fermented you know kind of classic method sparklings like champagne but but in california we're doing about a million cases collectively compared to the 25 million so it's pretty small and so there's of that you know, the, the, obviously, the vast majority of it is consumed here in the states.
2: Now, you were the chairperson for a year of the Napa Valley Vintners and uh, served on the board for for a number of years as well. Uh, what are the main issues today that the vintners talk about? What do you what What are the things that that face you guys? What 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 were your meetings like?
3: No, in. in to some degree some of the issues are, are the same as they might have been you know 10 20 years ago I think right now we're struggling a little bit in, in Napa I mean, our community it's struggle is, is maybe too strong of a word but working to to find the best best path forward as far as how do we manage uh, how do we manage growth how do we manage the the the, the popularity for visiting wineries for um, uh, how, how do we manage crowds you know how, how do we how do we plan for the future how are we going to move people around? how are we going to uh, as, as the industry has grown as the world does I mean we may be facing problems that other people have too Where are we going to get the water? Uh, you know how, how, how is uh, how are we going to manage a, a, you know a, a larger population and and still be able to have agricultural land and, and, and room to to, to, to to grow the crops and, and, and do what we're doing?
2: and what are some of the proposals
3: well we we have regulations mm-hmm. and and they date back to the 60s and and frankly had had we not adopted regulations back in the 60s we we wouldn't have the Napa Valley As as we know it. Uh, So those regulations are are, uh, starting with zoning restrictions. We are uh, required to have uh, outside of the existing urban pockets or what I'll say the pre-existing urban pockets, um, the land in Napa County was zoned for agriculture. And so on the valley floor, we now have 40 acre minimum parcel sizes so that you cannot uh, subdivide a parcel if if you had a parcel to to uh, sizes smaller than 40 acres, and so that keeps uh, is one house per 40 acres. That's it, and there's no commercial activity uh, uh, that you could apply to that parcel. There's no. Uh, Uh, Although now we're starting to struggle a little bit with that with wineries, you know, how much commercial activity, what what constitutes commercial, you know, what's required to sell the wine that the uh, the winery is making um, versus, uh, you know, what what might be over the top. Uh, You don't want to have a hotel, a restaurant, you know, a a gas station, uh, et cetera, et cetera. On, on the On the winery property, as well, because that would kind of defeat the purpose, so the zoning uh, plays a uh, a big role we 've also we 've already alluded to a little bit here what what constitutes a winery so we have a winery definition ordinance that 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 uh, gives the county uh, the ability to restrict what wineries can do, how many people they can have visit when when they can visit. Uh, I could go on and on, but yeah, and I think that there's a, it's a source of consternation for some folks who think everybody should be able to do whatever they want to do. Right? Yeah. It's America, it's 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 a, a free country. Uh, but at the same time, had we not had some of these restrictions, then we wouldn't have the the industry that we've got. We wouldn't have the the, uh, the the extraordinary place that we have and that I call home. So I, I, I'm, it's okay with me to to be a bit restrictive.
2: It's not the overhand, overbearing hand of the government, or
3: in this case, a trade group. Uh, the trade group is is kind of uh, I I I think playing historically has and continues to play a role working with the government that not only represents the industry but also yeah. the other other other. I mean, other it makes total
2: sense to me because I think humans left to our own devices will act really poorly. You need you kind of need some referees in order to to make
3: sure that. Uh, that we stay in bounds. Absolutely. I mean, there. It's a. It's a hard, hard thing to accept. You put it in a different way. I mean, just from the standpoint of we need to preserve agricultural land in California. Uh, you look at the statistics. We're losing thirty thousand acres of ag land in California every year uh we're not losing it in napa county we haven't lost any ag land in napa county crazy right given that this has been going on the loss of ag land but as the california population approaches 40 million people obviously you know they need they need space to 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 build houses and and to exist uh so you are losing a lot of that fertile ground in and what's the, the san joaquin valley the sacramento valley uh and uh, you know, fast forward fifty, hundred years, you know, it's, it's a little bit frightening because mm-hmm. if, if the pace continues, that that's a lot of land that's uh, paved over.
2: Yeah, well, talking about the future, but more specifically about Schramsberg, um, I know you, you recently released a line of Pinot Noir, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, delicious at the J Davies Farrington. Those
3: the Davies Vineyard uh, Farrington. Uh, uh, Pinot from the Anderson Valley. That's a specific site. Uh, We've we've done a fair amount of work up there with uh, Pinot Noir, uh, mostly, but some Chardonnay for sparkling wines. And so there, uh, for the last... Well, now we've done a, a 9, 10, the 11 was the one that we had at, at the dinner, uh, and there's a 12 and a 13. So we've actually done five uh, vintages of Farrington, Anderson Valley, Pinot, and we've done a couple of others. There's a Nobles Vineyard, which is up in the Sonoma Coast. Again, a specific vineyard, designated uh, wine. We do have a mix of clones there. So we we make a few different iterations of the, the Nobles or the Farrington before crafting the specific uh, blend. Um, and uh, we'll continue to move forward with that. We got started doing a little bit of red wine with our home property there on Diamond Mountain in the in the the Napa Valley where the Shranford Winery is located. Mm-hmm. Uh it occurred to us as uh, as as it had already occurred to others around us that Cabernet Sauvignon might might really work the best in in the in those hillside uh, vineyards that that uh, that we had, and so in the early '90s we started the replanting. the The estate Cabernet that we produce is called J. Davies, so we named that in honor of my dad, Jack, so using his initial. Also, the uh, the founder. J Shram,
2: right?
3: Wasn't he? Uh, no. So the, the, it gets a little confusing. the sh, The Shrams or the Shrams were there in the uh, the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Uh, and then by, there was a guy Jacob Shram, and Jacob so we Shram. have he, he our,
2: started. He wasn't he the guy he started it.
3: He started the he started the winery in in eighteen sixty two. The middle of the Civil sure. War. There wasn't a, a whole lot going on Oof. out there in California, but he started it. So there is a little bit of a, a nexus, if you will. You know, the J Davies, you know, named after Jack Davies, but that's Cabernet, and the J Shram, which is our kind Signature best Blanc style, so Chardonnay based brute. All right, don't get them confused like I did. Hey, it's,
2: it's, 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 (laughs) I do it every day, so it's okay. Uh, Do you have any interest in making a dry still Chardonnay? That seems like a, a logical. Seems like, next like a step. natural.
3: I think i right? mean, back to your other uh, proposition for a different type of sparkling. I, I think you want to. Not that I
2: think we need another Napa Valley another, Chardonnay. I think we maybe have so, more, more than enough. Maybe something so blonde. Maybe no, something. Ah, no,
3: <laughs> uh, that might make. Especially my, so that might make my wife happy. She likes Sauvignon blonde, but the the. Uh, I think we're gonna just take one step at a time, right? Yeah. I mean, we 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 are uh, we're working hard. We're, we're 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 enjoying what we do. Uh, it, it feels like it's really working, and um, you never say never. But for the time being, we're we're focused on, on the, the a small amount of red wine activity with with Cab and Pinot, and then continuing to build upon our success with the sparkling
2: well as i said before i think the sparkling wines are absolutely delicious really really incredible and uh part of the ever-changing history of of california uh really historic state so i i also i like thinking about that when uh when drinking them so that's fantastic and it's great that that we get to enjoy them uh probably in the greatest time they've they've ever been and that's uh, in a large part due to uh, your work, so well, thank, thank you very much.
3: No, it's it's. Uh, I feel blessed. I'm I'm lucky to to have the chance to uh, do do what I do. So I'm, I'm I appreciate your enthusiasm for for what we're doing.
2: All right, Hugh. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show, uh, and thanks to all of you for listening. This has been in the drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.